Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast with Dr. William T. Choctaw, MD, JD. Our mission is to empower you with the knowledge and equip you with the tools you'll need to thrive in all aspects of your life. Join us now as we discuss everything from nutrition and exercise to money management, personal growth, and spiritual growth. Dr. Choctaw will provide insightful advice on how to improve your physical, financial, and spiritual health, as well as your emotional and mental well-being. So whether you're looking to get the latest in medical news, unlock financial opportunities, or cultivate a more positive mindset, we've got you covered. Get ready to become the best version of yourself. So let's get started. Here's Dr. William T. Choctaw, MD, JD, with an interview already in progress with Mr. James Catron, a prostate cancer survivor. Here at 8.30 in the morning. And so, um, in the nuclear testing, I had to sit for four hours and not do anything. So I was 9 to 12. When I came back at 12, they put me under a machine because the diet got into my blood. And they were able to look at the future in terms of what my health would look like in the future. Okay. And the two two things that stood out to me was, the first was, if I don't improve my posture, I have like a little mild curve in my back, uh, which is something I'm working on. And number two, I may have arthritis in both knees later on in life. And that's from doing some extensive running on the court. and thing like that as a part-time official. But other than that, they weren't able to just find anything else. So I, I was able to relate that. And that happened actually a week before I had the actual uh, removal of the prostate. So but I didn't, you know, at first I kind of did beat myself up regarding the prostate side of it. But then I, I, well, after I went through the genetic testing and everything else, I'm like, how can I beat myself up? I had no control over that. Exactly. The only thing I can control is what I put in my mouth, what I drink how much rest I get, and what else I do other than that. Other than that, you're right, doctor. I could not control the genetics. That's in my family. That's something I have no control over. So, wow. One of the things that we try to also tell our patients is to control the controllables. Correct. That, you know, there, there are things that you can, just like you just mentioned, there are things that you do have to control over, but we, we don't worry about those things. We tend to worry about those things that we can't control. That's right. are things like, other people, you know, uh, yeah, what they do and say, we have no control over them, even our children. Uh, we may think as parents we have control, but we really don't. I always like to say uh, it's not important to be able to control your children, but you want to have influence over you. Exactly. As long as you have influence, then you can at least have a dialogue or, or communication. Uh, but I, I've, I've learned, I think, I look at total, total for. That that control is an illusion that that we we parents tell ourselves. Uh, but I, I we all kids ourselves, and all we need to do is just go back and ask ourselves, how much control did mom and dad really have us? Yeah, I don't do not as much. As many times we can figure it out. Yes, sir. I agree with that. Yes, okay. but you asked me in terms of how I, I immediately told my sons that I had it, and okay. that now it's genetically linked to me, which means they have to get themselves tested. Okay. Um, so that's that's the first thing I told them, and that you know, get yourself tested. Obviously, I can help you when it comes to that. So they all knew right away as soon as I was diagnosed with it that they have to now. 
um, go get tested and monitor themselves. I didn't have that luxury because my dad passed away when I was 21 years old. Oh, just, I just turned 21. And at the time, he, I don't even think his physician even checked to see if he had prostates because he had other issues that was going on with him. So, so that's why I didn't, I wouldn't have known his, his unless he lived longer, whether he had prostate problems or not. So, how, how has this affected you spiritually? This, it's made, this journey, believe it or not, Dr. Chaktow has made me stronger. Good. Uh, my walk with Christ has always been strong, but for some reason I have grown stronger and stronger and stronger. I can tell you when I first got diagnosed, I called my fraternity brothers uh -huh. and I told them, you know, you can put this out right away that this is what I'm going through. I need their prayers. This is what I've been diagnosed with. And I'm willing to share if anyone will contact me, which they did. And then I was able to tell my Sunday school class who prayed for me right away about everything that was taking place. And I even told the pastor of our church and I shared with as many men as possible that this is what's going on with me. Will you please pray for me? And as I make, I make this journey that I've decided to go, that God has put me in and he's put me in there for a reason. And I'm willing to share it on my open book with everybody. So this has made me open up more to my faith and walk more by faith and not by sight, but also realize that God gave me what grace because it's unmerited favor. And so he gave me favor through all of this. Um, I was able to pick the right urologist. Uh -huh. and everything and it just ended up being what i felt a really good spiritual journey for me both physically and mentally so, when, when, when your urologist was explaining to you the what they had to do in the procedure and that sort of thing were, were they clear in the information they gave you or yes i'll tell you so when i first got my when i first got tested it was uh 30, well, I was 35 years old, 25 years ago. Okay. Um, and at that time, the urologist was at USC. I'll never forget. She since has gone on to Stanford, but she doesn't work in prostate side anymore. She does other things. Okay. I sent her a copy of, uh, and had her look at it. And she called me and I said, could you take a look at this diet? You know, I was first diagnosed with prostate cancer. I was... Uh, and we talked about the Gleason score. We talked about, um, she broke it all down to me, the five different areas that they found it and what that meant. And I asked her to recommend a urologist for me. That's what she was able to recommend a urologist that ended up with. So I did my homework back then, Dr. Chaktow. Look up his undergrad degree where he went to school, where he went to medical school, and that type of thing. So I did my research. She connected me with him. And also what I might like about him was he sent all my reports to her and kept her in the loop. Good, good. good. So you had basically two different urologists who were in agreement. That's correct. One, one of the things I used to always tell my patients when I was actually practicing general surgery I believe in second opinions, you know, yes. come to me and I had recommended a procedure, be it uh, a gallbladder surgery or whatever it was, that, it, you know, obviously, you know, I am so confident in my diagnosis that I want you to go out and validate it should you choose to. Sure. Um, that uh, there's certainly nothing wrong with that. And I've told them, if you ever see a physician and he or she tries to discourage you from getting a second opinion, definitely get a second opinion. 
Uh-huh. That's why I reached out to her, Dr. Chantal, because she had been studying this in particular for years. And okay. she worked in she worked in conjunction with a group in LA. And that's all they did was do prostate screening on African American men. And so because by her basically being an expert in that field, I took her advice to heart. And I knew she was in, she gave me a list of urologists, but in particular, this guy was a director of the urology department and his background was extensive in different areas regarding urology. And that's what kind of stuck out with me. And that's why I reached out to him and said, you know what, this is a guy I want to diagnose and be with me and go through this journey with me. And so you mentioned when he first told me, well, so when we first went through the journey from December of 2021 to actually I saw in January of 2022 to having the actual removal. He sat down with me and a young urologist that had just finished med school. And she's the one that read the report to me and explained to me why they felt it was time to move on doing something regarding prostate. They explained to me because of my health, all the different areas that they got, the different things they can do, they could do at that time. Obviously, radiation, they could put um, seeds in me. I mean, there's all the different areas that they could use in terms of doing that. But they never mentioned removal. And so I listened to all the other ones, Dr. Tactile, but I had the back of my mind. I was already prepared that um, I was going to do the removal if it got to that point. And I'm going to tell you something funny prior to that. Um, when we, they, I, I had two biopsies. The first biopsy was December 2020. I'm sorry, November 2021. I took out 13 strands of tissues. Yes. So they normally take 11, it took 13 because when she, when I went through the process, looking on the outside of it, my prostate was normal. But she said, that doesn't mean anything. We need to go in and see exactly there. So they took the strands out. That's when they diagnosed with me in December. Well, after that, all the way up until February, they took, I think, almost 20 minutes. Wow. Because he saw the elevation of my PSA because they've been monitoring it every month, and they knew something was going on. And then I was my Gleason score, which at that time was five point five, had elevated a little bit after they took out these strands of almost twenty strands of tissue, and they saw sixteen of them were in one area that was dark, and he couldn't really see. And once they were able to really go in and diagnose that, that's when he called and said, I need to talk to you right away. And that's when, when he told me that, something came over me saying, well, James, it may get to the point where you may have to make a decision which way you're going to go. I prayed on it. And I said, well, who will do the report? I will listen to everything that he has to say. But in the back of my line, I will pick the purpose, and that's what I did. So I kind of had a game plan already ready when he brought me in and said, I need to talk to you because this is pretty urgent. <laughs> so I kind of knew. Well, I mean, I, one of the things that impresses me is I hear you talk about it. You know details specifically. Even as far. And, and I, I, I would use that to recommend to all, all patients a potential mm-hmm. movie that um, you know, learn as much about what I'm going through as you can. There's nothing wrong with that. And ask questions. Um, physicians have a duty to inform Mm-hmm. You have a right to refuse. That's right. Have a dialogue. You have to be knowledgeable about uh, things. And if, if the physician and or trainer is not explaining in words that you understand, 
I've been certain to get opinions from a second channel. There's nothing wrong with that, nothing disrespectful about that. I have a book as thick as I have a, a, a things. It's not a journal. I kept every single sheet of paper from the diagnosis from day one till now, till today, of everything that I've been through. And I can go back as reference if I'm not sure about something and just go through it and just look at it so I can get a better understanding. And that's the pharmaceutical training in me. So having gone through that type of training, it kind of prepared me for something like this, not realizing I'll be going through this at this point in my life. But that's why I made sure I wanted to stay as detailed as possible because nobody understands my body better than I do. Absolutely. And I, I want to make sure that I understand everything before it happens. And I must say, he took the time with me. He saw how serious I was about my body and about taking care of my body. But most importantly, I think we develop a pretty good relationship with kids. We had a love of sleep. Uh, and, and, and it just it, it made all the difference in the world. I think that was one of his patients he enjoyed seeing. So Excellent. Uh, I think that makes all the, you know, and I knew it was. I didn't know what would happen post-removal. Mm -hmm. I, I can't predict that, but I knew that as prepared as I was going in, that I will make sure that I follow all the instructions and do what I'm supposed to do and stay obedient. Well, that's you, key. You, you touched on another point that we frequently try to make is that everything is a relationship. And the doctor-patient relationship is important on both sides. Yes, for both sides. Yes. Respect, mutual trust, good communication. And if you've got good communication and you get that trust and respect, and that that's mutually beneficial. Well, what 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 would you recommend? Um, say say in conclusion to um, you know individuals listening to your podcast or listening to your experience. What would you recommend to um, uh, the men and and the I would recommend that obviously every male, um, it doesn't matter what ethnicity you are, but if you're African-American male and you're 35 or over, I would recommend you get yourself checked just to see where you are health-wise. That's the first thing. Okay. And that's every male. I don't care what ethnicity you are. Find your gene, you know, your history, do as much research as possible, and then share those results with your family. My wife knew everything that was going on with me from day one. And it's just important to do that because you just never know. You never know. I didn't know that I was going to be diagnosed at 68 and then have my prostate removed at 60. I had no idea. Right. But it happened and I was prepared and yes, I was a little shocked, but I'd recommend anyone do that at that age, learn as much as there's so much information out here. And if you don't understand, then ask someone that can um, explain it to you. Yes. And ask as many questions as possible. One of the things that my urologist can't say is that I didn't, I asked every time I went in there, he knew I was going to ask at least a minimum of five questions. I had questions ready because I wanted to know if this happened, that didn't happen. Then what's the alternative? So he was always prepared anyway, because he was just open like that. But I wanted to make sure I was prepared too, because this is my body recharging body. Yeah. And one of the things I recommend to patients a lot of times when they go in, many times patients are very nervous. 
Uh, yes. And so they worry, when they get there, they're really nervous. So write down the questions before they go. Sure. So a lot of times you can't think or you may not think and, and you're nervous and and you, you just want to get out of there. But but write down four or five questions, whatever they are, um, or, or take somebody with you who can who, who has the list uh, so that your questions are addressed. I agree. I agree with you. The only time I got nervous, Dr. Tactile, was when he told me I need to talk to him after the last biopsy. But prior to that, I was fine. <laughs> but when he told me that, my gut feeling told me I had to make a decision. Understood. So that was the only time that I think I was anxious when I went to go see him and when we finally sat down and, and talked. But God was able to put me at peace because he told me, you're making the right decision, James. This is what you should do. And that's exactly what I did. And, and I have been smiling ever since. I'm not smiling prior to the procedure, during the procedure, and after the procedure. And after the procedure. Well, one, one of the things we learned is that healthcare is not a strand, it's a marathon. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it really is. And we get older, we certainly, we certainly learned that. We, anything else you want to share with us? I, we don't want to uh, take a bit more of your very precious time, but in, right. any uh, lasting words you want to leave with us? The biggest thing, Dr. Choctaw, is as men, we have a tendency not to talk and not to share. The main thing I will say, if you are diagnosed with anything, you should share it. Don't hold it. Don't keep it to yourself. If you only share it with your family and close friends, that's fine. But share information because shared information could help someone and save someone. I'll just share something real briefly. A coworker of mine was, and I didn't even notice it. We would talk here at a former coworker of mine that we worked together back in the 80s. Uh, he, we were, we were running to each other in Walmart and just say hi. Okay. Well, I didn't know it at the time, but. He was concerned about his prostate, and he's four or five years older than me. And I sent him over to where I went and also to the doctor I went to. And he's been happy ever since, and he appreciates me doing that. But in turn, me helping him that way. Then one of our church members sent me to one of his former, uh, one of his co-workers who actually went to the procedure six months before I did. Yes. And he's been guiding me since the procedure and post-procedure. So that's why as men, we have to open up and really share information like that because it doesn't do any good to keep that to yourself. And that, because you'd be surprised who you could help or who's been through it. I found out going through all of this and guys I didn't know went through it, went through the same thing I did. And I never would have known it had I not shared it with them, but they felt comfortable enough after I told them what I went through to share what they went through. That's what I would say. As men, we have to learn how to share and not hold this information. It's too valuable and too important because you know better than I do. This is the second cause of death in our community. The first is heart disease, the second is prostate cancer. <laughs> and we have to be able to share and feel comfortable sharing. And the more people I've shared it with, the more better off I feel. So that's what I would tell any male, whether they're of any ethnicity, it doesn't matter. Share that information. I completely agree with that. And you're exactly right. But one of the things that, and maybe it's the way we grew up or whatever, where, where we just thought that being a man meant that we just sort of kept all that to ourselves. But the reality is you need help and a partner and a friend. 
Yeah, you know, and um, both you know, pre and during and post, um, and certainly uh, they, the folks can't read our minds, and so you do have to share it with someone, and that's always helpful as you go through this. Well, prior to that, one of my classmates says, "You just don't look; you look stressed." Mm-hmm. And then one of uh, you know, my wife and I are part of marriage ministry. One of the one of the marriage ministry couples said, "James, you don't look the same." And when I sat down in church on Sunday, I just sat there and I listened to the choir and it was so dynamic listening to that choir and everything. And it touched me and I said, you know what, they might be right. And I went home and I prayed on it and said, God, what should I do? We all need to listen to our bodies because the body will tell you. My body told me because I haven't, you know, I've lost 10 pounds. Okay. And I'm trying, not trying everything to get it back. I want to build muscle back because I know I need to. I can't, I can't gain a pound, Doctor Chat. I mean, I gained a couple of pounds. I'm at 175. I've never, I haven't been 175 since my senior year in high school. Okay. okay. And I will, I've never. I mean, it just, I got to get back to at least 180. Well, you know, it's more difficult as we get older, uh, and the reason is that as we get older. Our weight is 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 muscle and fat. You know, it's, you know. Earlier, it's it's it's. I, I'm sorry. I mean, it's muscle and fat. But you know, when we're younger, yeah. uh, as as we get older, we have less muscle. That's uh, correct. That's you know, correct. and so you know, you can you can gain some of the fat, but even some of that will be less. But a lot of it is because, and and particularly with the surgery that you had, that's taken away some of your muscle mass, yes. which takes longer to build back up. And post sixty is more difficult to build it up than pre sixty. If I agree. No, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, so, but, but just be patient with it, you know, just eat properly and just continue to do what you've been doing. But, but it, it takes longer to build that muscle mass than say 20 years ago or or 10 years ago, probably. I agree. Well, again, I want to thank you for taking your very valuable time and sharing your, your, your experiences uh, on a broad host of things, uh, particularly your healthcare. Um, and um, we will certainly uh, have you back uh, in the future to uh, share some more information with us. Anytime. Uh, but at this time, we're, we're going to let you go, and you have a blessed day. I do. You do the same, too, Dr. Tactile. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to spend time with me just to find out how my journey has been in terms of this. I call it a journey, and, uh, but I really appreciate you doing this. That it makes all the world and the difference. So you're, you're very welcome. And as we always like to say, be the change you want to see in the world. Thank yes, you. sir. Thank you. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast with Dr. William Choctaw, MD, JD. We hope you enjoyed this episode. In fact, if you found this episode helpful, you can support and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform with the keywords, Dr. William Choctaw, and you'll find it very quickly. Also, subscribing helps ensure that you don't miss any future episodes. And then take the next step of action and share it with your family, friends, and or your co-workers. They'll be glad you did. So until the next time, live your best possible life the best possible way. You've been listening to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast with Dr. William Choctaw, MD, JD.